0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 639 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Arena Saddles, and Totalsaddlefit.com. On today's show, we have a chat with listener Catherine about her experience qualifying and riding in her first regional championships. Lauren Chumley comes back to discuss selling horses, And after that, Reese and I will bring you a trainer tip.
2: This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky.
1: And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show.
2: Well, hello, Philip. How are you?
1: <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Reese, how are you? Like, are you all showed out?
2: I whew, getting there. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. The joke, the standing joke at our house is that I live at the Kentucky Horse Park and it's it's valid. It's, it's been valid. But um we had our big regional championship and it was last week and it was a four-day show. I think there were a thousand rides. It was, it was an intense week. I am not going to lie. I'm so proud of my horse though. Uh, I rode follow me. You, You guys have heard the journey since I got him. You know, you can look back at a competition and really say, I could not have asked more from this horse and he could not have been better. He gave me everything I needed him to do. I was so proud of him. He, um, finished third in the intermediary one by not very much. He he really, and he hit the wild card score for the national championship. So <gasps> I entered the national championship today on him. And then I have to be honest, I was so thrilled with his pre-St. George. It was a very, very good test. Uh, one of the judges did not like it as much as the other one. We'll say it that way. Um, and I missed the wild card score for the pre-St. George by two tenths of a point. So that was sad. Yeah, that was sad. It was disappointing because he was great, but, you know, you look back and, you know, I c- couldn't ask any more from my horse and he got a very good score from one judge and not such a good judge from the other. And, um, uh, but I'm really looking forward to going to the national championship. I truly think he's actually more competitive at the I, I one, So I'm really looking forward to showing him and, you know, he was just a good guy, so that was really fun. And then uh, I had a lot of students that went. You guys are going to meet one of my students, my dear friends. Also missed the national championship by two-tenths of a point. It was kind of a thing that day. I got the news and then she got the news and we both were like, oh. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, it was disappointing. But um, that's all right. And all my students really, of, I I think I took seven students and all the horses honestly they put in the best test that they could have put in for each horse. So that was pretty cool. So it was a
1: good week. All right. Well, congratulations in a lot of ways. And thanks, you know, just, just keep riding, you know, and yeah, the benefit for you is that you have a, a winter season in Florida where you can right. go back and improve the, you know, your scores or, yeah. or you know, whatever. And then, uh, and carry on.
2: Yeah. And then, um, here in Kentucky, I mean, it's just great weather. And, um, right now the retired racehorse project is going on and, um, we will get some of the riders from that right now. They're really busy this week. And then we have a, a three day event the week after. So it is the fall season here. It's really, really busy, uh, but it keeps us out of trouble for sure, which is fun. So Yeah. <laughs> We're, we're, we're in the thick of it again, um, which is great. So a couple weeks of, of really a lot of horse showing, um, but it's very fun next week. Um, I'm going to actually scribe and that's my favorite volunteer job. I love it. I always scribe at this particular competition because it's a FEI event for eventers. And I like to do it because I coach a lot of eventers and plus I just enjoy scribing. I really recommend it for anybody that anybody uh, to sit in the box and and you don't get to watch obviously everything, but you get to be there and, and see what's going on and what the judges are looking for. So that's next week too. So really good stuff. So lots, lots of fun stuff going on. How are you? We haven't talked in forever.
1: Um, you know, I'm doing fine. It's just, uh, it's a bit of a letdown for the horses. Uh, you know, we, we're not pushing so hard, uh, you know, for another little while anyways. And uh, yeah, we're just evaluating what they're doing, you know, Show season is not my favorite because I have to kind of hold back on the training. So, yeah. you know, kind of looking forward to getting back to training and improving the horses. So, you know, a couple of them are well, going to be start, starting their, you know, their uh, path from fourth level to Saint George. And, you know, so we've got to get them stronger. You know, they know all the moves, but they've got to do all that stuff a lot better. And at this point mm-hmm. is when we're kind of introducing the uh, the idea of pf and Passage. So... It's going to be a very busy winter yeah. um, and exciting, too, because this is yeah. where you really start to see and feel and and develop the horses into their um, hopefully successful FEI careers.
2: Yeah. Well, and I love that thought. And I think that's really important to remember because... Even when we horse show, you know. So, for example, I decided that uh, Bingo wouldn't show at these competitions in the fall because I want to get ready for Florida in the winter, and I needed to train him uh, and 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 make some adjustments and that kind of thing. And then Follow Me is doing the fall shows, but then he is going to go into training for the winter. So I think that's super important to think about, like as you look at your horse's schedule. That's really important to do, right? Because when you are in the thick of showing it's the same, like, uh, follow me. We call him big Mike, big Mike's had an easier week. I, I wanted to get his teeth looked at and, uh, everybody had to have a little vaccination. So, you know, that's a week where I miss really, co- really training. I mean, he's been working, but and and again, I want to make the I1 better and I want to make him stronger, but I can't really introduce anything new because I really want to push for the Grand Prix with him. Um, but I can't do that right now. So I think that's an important thing to remember as you move forward and you think of your show schedule. There are two different things. They're showing and then there's really training. So I think sometimes you have to make some adjustments in your schedule on what you're doing and why you're doing it that way. Wouldn't you say? I think that's really yeah, important.
1: It's, it's, a, it's kind of all down to planning and and you yeah. sort of you know, a month before or so before um, you know your show season, and you're starting to work on tests. Then you just kind of switch to a different mode in which you're just working on the tests that you're working on. You know, polishing things and and practicing patterns and and all those things. That's that's different. That's uh, training, but it's different from what I consider um, you know really training and and you know getting into the nitty gritty and 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 that kind of thing. So. Yeah, it's just, you know, seasonal adjustments and, uh, yeah. you know, one of the horses we took to a couple of shows and then we're like, okay, he's not going to show anymore. We're going to, we're going to train him because I just thought, you know, right. you think it's important to, and sometimes it's important to solidify the level that you're at, but other times it's important to, to kind of get the training done and each, each horse is on their own plan. Right. So,
2: no, I think yeah. that's true. You know, yeah, I think that's true.
1: You know, it's important to think about and and constantly be adjusting your plan and mm-hmm. you know, talking to your trainer about what's appropriate for the horse in the right moment and uh, sometimes showing it's great and and the problem here is that uh, we only have one season for showing and it you yes.
2: know yes, and it's short and it's very short. It's actually.
1: short. Yeah. So, well, especially in the last two COVID years. So sure. Uh, that's that's something that you know that's kind of thrown us for a bit of a loop or or whatever, but. Um, basically I go through the winter and I'm, and I'm training and then I actually bring the horse back down a level. So when I'm showing mm-hmm. the horses are showing at a level below what they're training. And right. so I stopped training, you know, so this year I was kind of training, um, the horses at, at St. George. And then I say, okay, that's done. I have to go back, you know, do the fourth level stuff and and right. be, try to be really successful at, at doing fourth level and they have the same elements but the the questions are a little bit different in you know where the transitions are and and so they are a little bit different and so i can't be training you know the tough stuff from the priest and george while i'm building polish and confidence and 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 all of those other things for for the fourth level so yeah it's just it's just different and and uh you know sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and, yeah. and we keep going right we just keep yes. going so Yeah. Yeah. I I, I mean, I I don't like the winter because it's cold, but I do like the winter because, uh, you know, I, I really like training the horses and, and getting them to the next stage in their development and their work. So
2: I know one of these years, everybody mark my words, we're going to get Phil to Florida. (laughs) Obviously right now it's a little complicated, but someday I'm going to get Philip parks to Florida for the winter and he's never going to stay in Canada again. So,
1: well, we'll see. We'll see. I I always (laughs) say like the horses. The horses better be going in the big ring. That's the you know the CDI ring. If they if I'm gonna if I'm gonna bring them down there and show show there, then that's the reason too. You know because of the what is it eight weeks, twelve weeks of of CDIs back to back. Yeah,
2: it's a lot. It's a it's a lot. You know,
1: versus versus in I think in Canada or at least where I am in Canada, maybe we had two CDIs. Yeah. Over, mm-hmm. over how many weeks? Yeah, six yeah. months or whatever. Okay. So. It's it's different, right?
2: It's just a different plan. Yeah, exactly. So I love it. Well, we have a great show for everybody. We're going to have a commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products and get into the party.
3: You hear a familiar whinny as you walk up to the barn. Her adorable face pops out over the stall, ears pricked in your direction. She snuffles you for a treat. Her soft lips gently brush against your palm as the treat disappears. She hangs her head close to yours as you share a quiet moment. You kiss her on the nose. The softness of her downy muzzle and the wonderful smell of horse fills your senses. The feeling you get when you kiss your horse. True love. This feeling is brought to you by Elevate fight back against vitamin E deficiencies that can cause muscle soreness, nerve dysfunction, and poor immune response. Elevate was developed to provide a highly bioavailable source of natural vitamin E to horses. It maintains healthy muscle and nerve functions, so horses are more likely to perform better and recover faster after training or competing. The horse that matters to you matters to us.
2: Well, tonight I am so excited to have Dr. Catherine Donworth on the show. She has been my angel for my pets, but also friend, and we have quite a story together. And she's coming on to tell us how the regional championships went this week or last weekend. Catherine, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Ah, we're so happy to have you, and we have quite a story to tell, don't we? Because we have to tell everybody how our journey and your journey in dressage started. So I'm going to have you start the story a little bit about yourself and your wonderful horse, Doolin.
4: Well, I've been doing dressage now with you for, I guess, two years now, maybe a bit more. Two, I think. But it all started when we decided to uh, trade lessons for um, small animal vet work, and uh, yeah, that's the journey kind of got started. I thought maybe I'd have a few lessons to get myself in order.
2: And it just kind of spiraled out of control. <laughs> and I had a very old pet too. So it was very good because you, you're like, oh, you know, when we first started this, you're like, oh, we can trade. I think it started with a flea collar and then it, we yeah, can't even tell it you. Started how it started
4: with a flea collar and went, and went after that.
2: Yeah. And spiraled very quickly because she was an old dog. So. <laughs> So we, we laughed because um I, I said, don't you worry, all of my animals are over in their teens for sure. I, we have a cat. We don't even know how yeah. old he is. So we don't talk about that. But you came to me and said, I really want to, you know, get a bronze medal. And I said, all right, cool. So tell us about your horse because he's a wonderful boy.
4: Yeah, he's pretty cool. Um, I got him from, we jokingly call it the horse Walmart and it was a bit of a, a risky endeavor, I guess, because... I didn't really vet him or anything other than a small animal vet version of, of a vetting. Um, and uh, I bought him just as an all-round horse. And he turns out to be a beautiful mover, and he's got the temperament for it. And, yeah, he was sold to me as a quarter horse. He'd been a ranch horse in Oklahoma, and we did the genetic test, and he turned out to be um, Holsteiner, a um, nope. quarter horse cross. So he's and a big, he is. big guy, big gun guy. He's pretty cool. He does everything. And-
2: He does everything. He fox hunts. He has done some eventing. Your daughter, who is a very good rider, rides him. And and you said, okay, you know, let's start this journey. And I happened to mention that we had this little podcast, didn't I? Yes.
4: Yeah. So I started to listen to the podcast and then started reading the books. And then it was during, then the whole COVID thing started. And then I started doing the the dressage rider trainer, you know, the, the one you did during lockdown you know when we didn't know what was happening so yeah yeah i just started drinking the kool-aid
1: full on <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i like yeah. it i like it i like it so maybe you can think back and, and you know what was your favorite book from our book club series that we've been doing with
2: uh, oh you know, the one, the brain training line. for the horse and rider. We talk brain, about that one brain a lot. And there our, you go. Yes. The one where,
4: where you have that negative thought and you're like, delete, delete, delete. That one, because <laughs> I use that tool quite a bit. Yeah, <laughs> that,
1: that, that was a yeah, great that, book. That, yeah. that, was
4: my, that was my favorite one, I think, so far.
2: So Catherine, tell us what your journey was like, because this was your first regional championship, wasn't it? And and boy, we picked a big one. Yeah. Our regional. Yeah, we had, there were over yeah, a thousand rides. I, I didn't even know it was, it
4: was a thing. Yeah. I didn't even know regional champions ships was a thing until i don't know eight months ago a year ago not no not even a year ago i didn't even know it was a thing and you mentioned it and i was like what, what are you talking about what's this thing <laughs> and uh yeah <laughs> we decided to a, a little bit of a side goal um as well as the bronze medal was to to try to qualify for, for that so well i think i had qualified i didn't realize yeah you didn't realize you qualified i saw, like Qualified. I was like, "What does that mean? <laughs> click click <laughs> on that." What is this? And
2: you've done the freestyle. Yeah,
4: yeah. I had qualified. I had qualified on my freestyle before the first level. Um,
2: and, and we said, "Hey, so, let's yeah, was, let's go ahead and try wild. to qualify." What, what did you think first of it all was, about doing a freestyle? I really enjoyed it. It, it is very challenging. It is very different, um,
4: but I like it because it's not not as many people do it. So <laughs> I feel like it's just something a bit different, and I like it. I, I would definitely do another one. I think, yeah. Oh, you think we're I think everyone doing on the it? Farm here where I ride. <laughs> <laughs> everyone on the farm here hates it because I, I play the music over and over and over again. And I, I think if I played that particular piece of music one more time, I think I would get kicked out of the place where I board.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you have yeah. to. You have to listen to it and and do it until you're sick of it, and then and then you then you know you're you're ready. Yeah. To do it in a show or whatever, right? Because you're just like, oh, here comes this part. And yeah. But uh, that that's important. Yeah, I play to, it in, uh, on
4: my phone in the barn. I I play it in the barn on my phone when I'm tacking up and grooming and stuff, and drives people absolutely crazy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, how did regionals go for you? It was it, regionals was great. It was
4: it went about as I think as well as I, it could have gone. I'd never ridden in a show that big ever in my entire life ever. It was there was fifty people in the first level adult amateur championship division that class went on all day and the standard was just incredibly high. I mean, I I couldn't even go watch. I I went later in the day, but I couldn't go watch earlier in the day because I would just have had major imposter syndrome looking at the other people warm up. So I just stayed in the barn until it was my turn to go down. Um, But it was great. I mean, it was a great experience. It was huge, just a massive show and just the organization and everything. I haven't done that many multi-day shows, you know, where you've got to bring in all your everything, the entire barn with you and, That was a lot. It was a lot of preparation, a lot of organization. And uh, even though I only rode two days, I was at the horse show, you know, from early to late just to take care of him.
2: Yeah, we had a day in between. Uh, You went Friday, Sunday. So there was the Saturday in between. And and you and another one of my students, Alston, I don't know where you you guys went on the horse park, but they went out for a big hack on, on Saturday. And it was a beautiful day. But that was a challenge, right? Because Doolin... Lives outside, doesn't he? Yeah, he's out twenty four seven. So that was I was worried about that. That I mean, mentally he was fine.
4: You know, he's not he's not that kind of horse that gets stressed for that. But physically, I I was worried that it would be hard on him to stand there. So I got stall mats and twenty bags of bedding and got him out a lot to to hand graze. But that was a concern. But as it turns out, he managed just fine. He Managed just fine with that. He wasn't. He didn't care.
2: So so tell us, how did your test go?
4: Um, The freestyle test, I was first to go in the freestyle competition and it happened that you had a test at exactly the same time, which was not ideal, but I have your voice and playback in my brain. So I just kept telling myself to do all the normal things like sit up and, you know, half halt and all those things you say 11 billion times a day to me. Um, (laughs) So I had that going on in my head (laughs) and I went in and... We've been having problems with him when we go in the ring that he's getting smart and he kind of sucks behind my leg a little bit as soon as we go in. He's like, ha ha, she's not going to, you know, she's not going to give me a pony club kick because we're in a dressage ring. And uh, so I have him a little bit too forward and my, my freestyle is you enter and you at walk and you halt as soon as you get in. And then as soon as the music starts, you straight into a leg yield. And I uh, maybe used a bit too much leg so I got like a stride of a weird sideways canter and then... So I lost a few marks there, but I think it got better as we went along. And then it was fun. I enjoyed riding it. And then I had, he broke in the canter for a stride, which was annoying. Um, but apart from those two little blitz, I think it went, it went okay. And I enjoyed, it was fun. Um, we got a 67.7, which was 0.3% away from a qualifying score for nationals, which was yeah. a, bit of a kicker. But I, it was those, it was those two steps, the canter at the beginning that, that did it, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was it was tough.
2: Yeah, it was tough too. You and I both missed the wild card by like two tenths of a point or something. We both it we didn't really talk about it. It was too painful. Uh, But it was it was and it, it did happen. And and that is a good point to make. And that is sometimes if you are showing with your trainer and your trainer shows, of course. Literally there's eight hours of showing. I think there may have been 10 hours. And of course, did we we basically pulled the same time? And I was pretty far away. Like time. one of the things about the horse park was I was up in the stadium and Catherine was down in the other arenas. And they're pretty far apart. So I I trucked it down. I got done and literally got my bit checked and, and came trucking down. So I was able to see the very end of her test. But she didn't know I was there. But I, I got there right when she went to canter. So I was able to see it. And she saw me when I came out. But, you know, I, I was no help warming up because I literally was in the ring myself. So <laughs> that is a good point to remember, you know, uh, as much as you want to rely on your trainer and we want you to rely on us there are times at a big competition where you are going to have to go in yourself. Your daughter and husband were with you. You had help, but not coaching. And, and, you know, it's not ideal. It's not what we wanted, but it, it's the way it happened. So I think that that was, was what it was, you know, there's just no difference. And um, how about the first level test? Uh, I felt my, I felt he got
4: better and my, I was happier with my first level test than I was with the freestyle. Not that I was unhappy with the freestyle, but, but, the first level test, I, I think it was one of his better tests that he can do. He's not on the spectrum of hotness. He's quite cold. So, you know, he doesn't have that fiery kind of energy. you really got to get after him. But having said that, he's very solid and steady. But I was happy with the, with the test. The judges were, and they should be at a regional, you know, I'm not saying they shouldn't be, but they were were marking quite, I'm not going to say hard, but they weren't taking any prisoners, you know yeah um yeah so we finished up with a six. we finished up with a sixty two which I felt mm-hmm. it was better than a sixty two test but i was he couldn't have been any better, and I didn't make any stupid mistakes like I did in the freestyle so so i was i was thrilled with it with how we went um and to be honest, seeing the other competitors you know what they scored there's there's no, i wouldn't have had a any chance at all at nationals to do anything, so you know it's it's correct and right that I didn't qualify it that we're not we're not there yet you know yeah but
1: he was great yeah i think it's it's nice to have have, you know and in your first experiences and you know kind of learning about dressage and learning about the the um you know going to a horse show you want a little bit of solid and steady um you know to give you confidence rather than having all you know the big flashy mover that you know might spook at flowers or, or you know something like that or where it's more difficult to sit the trot and sit these giant gates that's a challenge yeah. in itself and and that's not very confidence inspiring so you have to you have to praise your your steady eddie even if he's not as flashy or you know not going to get those huge scores and just uh you know work away and i think the judges do you know award marks to correct training right and and the horse's correct way of going but uh you know, on a horse that is not going to get extra marks for big gates, you're going to have to do everything pretty perfect. Like, come down and nail that first halt, and you know, get it square and straight, and and all those other things. I mean, you, you're just going to have to ride for your marks in, in, like I said, the correctness in training and correctness in transitions and and accuracy and riding riding your figures really, really, really correctly because you know you can't give away marks on a horse like that, right? And and uh, you know that. it's yeah it's all it's all differences what i was going to say earlier is uh, you know about a multi-day show and and perhaps you were able to do this but at a a multi-day show you're able to observe a little you know when when you have a day you're not showing you're going to be observing um you know other riders maybe maybe not the ones in your class but you know i i like to watch you know all the classes and and you know kind of learn something from from you know, watching other people yeah, do it, watched, watching the watch, warm up. That's something yeah, that you are able to watch
4: some other classes.
1: Good and and may, yeah, know, no, maybe yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah, Reese yeah, was involved. Whole, maybe you watch yeah. a class with Reese and and you learn something and and you try to uh, improve your riding when you're not even on a horse or improve your eye a little bit and see what judges are looking for.
4: Yeah, d- definitely. And there, then there was you know I've been working too on, on nerves at shows, you know, um, and. It it is quite intimidating being in a big show like that. So yeah, before I went in for the first level test, it, you know, I thought I was like, oh, I'm doing fine. This is great. I'm doing fine. And then like 30 minutes before I got on, I started to get, you know, the butterflies and I'm fine. Once I get on them, it's that 30 minutes beforehand.
1: Yeah. Know? I'm, I'm but the same heavy. way. I just wanna- <laughs> me too. Yeah. What, what happens, what happens to me is that, I, you know, I, I'm like, well, like in that time period, 30 minutes, you know, before I get on or so, I just, i get so nervous that i you know end up getting on really early and just say like oh it doesn't matter but you know in recent experiences and depends on the horse is that like by the time you know i'm on early so then i'm kind of warmed up early and then by the time my horse goes into the arena it's uh, not having the the best energy and, and that's that's been a, a problem for you know trying to score as best i can so Uh, I I just think it's a a common experience and, and uh, just kind of learning to deal with it and, and not, not getting on before, like, it's good to be prepared early and, you know, to do everything early, but getting on where where you do too much warm up has has typically been my, my issue. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Me too. I just want to get on and get it not over with, you know, (coughs) like, obviously I'm enjoying doing it, but it's, you know, you've been waiting around all day. That's why I like the shows
2: that it can trailer
4: into, because you can time it exactly right then, so you can't possibly yeah, yeah. get on
2: too early. Yeah.
1: Can't yeah. get on too early, yeah, yeah. Well, uh,
2: and we had talked good. about that too, Catherine, didn't we? I mean, you had a book with you. You would read your book. Yes. You know, we had we we had timed it fairly well. We tried to be, somebody tried to be down at the barn with Catherine to kind of say, no, 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 no. we're not going until, you know, 2.30 <laughs> or whatever time we had decided. But I, I think that's very common. I think that's what you learn. Like I really struggle yeah. when there's a lot of activity around. I don't like a lot of activity when I get ready. So I really had to kind of step back. You know, we had, we had a big group and it was, a, we had a wonderful group and we had a lot of fun, but I struggle with that. So I have to step away. And cause that makes me more anxious when I can just kind of do my thing and I'm not being asked questions or whatever it may be. I do better. And, um, I also think the more you ride, I mean, I, I, Philip and I are still going to get nervous at those competitions. I still get nervous, but I have a different way of, uh, you know, I, the more you do it, the better you get at it. It never goes away a hundred percent. And I think that's something that people need to realize at, at a regional, for example, you know, the pressure is so much more. And, you know, when there are 500 horses there and and the experience of that, it's it's very intimidating. And, and I never try to be like, Oh, Oh, there's, don't be intimidated. You know, it's like, okay, yep, this is this is where we are, but you're prepared and this is the time frame and this is how we do it. And um, I think once you can you can do that, and and I loved you had your book, you had your way of of just staying relaxed and calm. And a couple of times it's, you know, it's not not time yet. You know, we really did kind of we had a very specific plan. And I think that always helps someone. It's like you cannot be on till. 2.30 <laughs> if you're going yeah, oh, whatever
1: I, I've gotten yeah. into the habit of leaving like one or two things like quick things that I have to do before I get on that gives me something to do that you know in that last 20 minutes or so that I can focus on and just do and so uh, for me it's been uh, you know I, I leave the the polishing of the boots of, of my boots mm-hmm. until kind of last minute because that's just a nice sit down activity and I can focus on it and you know do a good job of that or or just something like a tail brushing or that I just leave something simple, um, you know, and just until the last minute. So, so, you know, even though everything else is prepared that I, I have that, that last minute thing just to keep me busy and not on the horse before I want to be. So, you know, that's, a, that's a little tip. It, it, it works for me and, uh, and, it and, and it helps me from, uh, you know, kind of getting on too early and over warming up the horse and having 10 minutes to walk around before my test or something, you know, like I just, you got to figure out your own timing and, and how it works yeah. for you.
2: Yeah. And yeah, so that's, that's sure. why I think it's always good. You know, our lesson after, and we haven't had our lesson because the show just happened, but you know, what went well, what didn't go well, a kind of a debrief type yeah. situation is good. You know, and I haven't and read a journal. that's okay. We'll do it together. uh, I need some uh, time. I need
4: more perspective before I need more
2: perspective, more, more time. But I think too, just the perspective of you have to realize when you are at a regional championship, the the judges are not going to take any prisoners. And I think that's important to remember. I think a lot of people went in with super high scores and you've gotten super high scores too. I mean, much deserved, but I think that's really a good perspective. And that is in a way you have to be ready for your score to go down a little bit. And know, you know, your one ring show yeah. where you can haul in. It's it's just a different perspective. And, of yeah. course, we want the scores to be the same. Yeah. But don't be intimidated if they're not. So, well, I love it, Catherine. I just, I love your story. You are the best. And, and it's been so fun to be a part of Aww. your journey. And we're not done yet, girl. We're just starting. And-, and No, we're not. No, 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 we're not done. We got those third-level <laughs> scores to get now. Yes, you have your st- second level scores and uh you know next yep. is the freestyle uh second level freestyle so we're, we're working on those freestyle bar as we go up for the bronze medal so i can't wait for the bronze medal party because yep. there's going to be one um but we're looking forward to moving forward so katherine thank you so much keep listening to the show and onward and upward my friend have you ever wondered how to keep your horse sound and how to prevent future lameness issues Have you had to deal with abscesses, stone bruises, laminitis, navicular, or soft tissue damage in the hoof capsule? Or maybe you're a farrier and you want to learn how top vets around the world diagnose and treat various hoof care issues. The Humble Hoof is a podcast for both owners and professionals discussing the health of the hoof and soundness of your horse. Check us out, published twice a month on Horse Radio
0: Network. Arena saddles are beautifully styled with meticulous attention to detail. Classically crafted from European leather, riders will appreciate the elegance and quality of arena saddles. Whether you're competing in dressage, jumping a course, or riding the trail, there's a perfect arena saddle for you. The arena dressage saddle is beautifully balanced and well-crafted. It will help you and your horse move together in harmony. With movable knee blocks and a generous panel and channel, you can have confidence that your saddle is comfortable for you and your horse. With saddles for every discipline priced at just $15.99, there is an Arena Saddle that's perfect for you. To see the full range and to find a dealer near you, visit arenasaddles.com.
2: Well, tonight, we are so excited to have Lauren Chumley back on the show, and I've been wanting to grab her to talk about this particular topic. Lauren is a FEI rider trainer. She also does a lot of sales and has been in this business a while, and... One of the things, Lauren, that's become a little bit my pet peeve, I know Philip too, is there is nothing better than seeing someone ride a horse and have that beautiful connection. There is nothing worse than seeing <laughs> a student on an inappropriate horse. And so we just kind of wanted to have a, a three person round table. About this topic because I think this is so important, and I think a lot of listeners can either are either shaking their heads or either in that cycle of just the wrong horse, right? So I just thought mm-hmm. maybe you could open the discussion for us because um, I think this is really something we need to spend a little time on tonight, and uh, just wanted your feedback on that. Okay, cool. Well,
1: um, I think the first kind well, of the first kind of topic and and question <laughs> for everybody here is like. How does that happen? How does somebody buy an inappropriate horse? I mean, I have I yeah. have clients and stuff and, and, you know, could tell you a ton of stories, but, you know, what are your perspectives on this?
5: Well, I think a lot of people end up buying the horse they wish they were able to ride and not the horse that they're actually able to connect with and have a safe and fun, you know, beneficial partnership. So I think a lot of times, you know, <laughs> like my parents used to say, your eyes get bigger than your stomach. <laughs> yeah. So you end up, yeah. you, you think, you know what, I'm going to buy. This is a spectacular moving young horse. This is going to be amazing. And then they don't keep it in training or they don't have the right training, the right support network. And, you know, with young horses, like, you know, like kids, things start to just start to spiral a little bit and, you you know, things fall between the cracks and all of a sudden, you're riding in a 10 meter circle only at one end of the
2: ring. (laughs) Cause that's That's as far as you can go. Yeah.
5: And you're thinking,
2: how did I get here? I I love it. I I think the perfect example of this, and this is maybe a little bit more of a trained horse. I'm going to bring it to what just happened to me with my new puppy. We got this new puppy (laughs) and he's, he's eight months old. um, And I know he's actually pretty trained because um, that was why we chose this particular puppy was, yeah, I'm a horse trainer. I believe in training animals, uh and so mm-hmm. this young lady that's her job she trains puppies and then you know she sells them to people like my husband and I who don't have time to train a puppy. <laughs> and um just she was she was traveling off she was going um to, to train for competition with her dogs. So we had the puppy for 2 weeks. Oh, let me tell you something. That little puppy had his new mommy and daddy trained in uh-huh. like a minute that he didn't know anything. <laughs> And, and literally didn't know anything. He's like, he, Oh, my husband said, I think this dog lied in his resume. Like he doesn't know anything. <laughs> trainer comes back and, and we have our first family lesson. And literally she just said, and his name is Winston. She's like, Winston, you know, much better than this. And so we had a lesson. We learned how to handle our puppy appropriately. And now we've been working on our lessons. We have another lesson coming up because we need it, you know, but I think that's a perfect example. Our our puppy Mm -hmm. was perfectly trained. He, he, I mean, Mm -hmm. for what we needed, he sits, he stays, he places, he, he knows a lot of things. We did not know what the expectation was. We did Mm -hmm. not know how to ask him, uh, We just assumed he didn't know. And the trainer came back and said, He has literally been on the Royal Caribbean party deck with you people, like (laughs) running the show. (laughs) And I think that's Mm -hmm. also part of this, right? Like we bought an animal, you know, essentially, let's say third level, second level, like he knew stuff, but we didn't know how to ask him. So we thought he was wild. (laughs) And he wasn't wild. (laughs) He just needed to be asked correctly in the way he Mm -hmm. was taught. And I thought that was just a that's kind of what started me on this segment was it's also, you can buy something, but you have to remember too, like that horse has been in training, that horse has had special food that, or, you know, it's been eating, it's, it's been on the schedule and then you ship it to your barn. So there's some level of adjustment and then there's some level of, you need to know how to ask that animal to do what he's been taught to do. Am I right mm-hmm. here? Do you see where I'm going with this? It's like a puppy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, with any,
1: yeah, with any new partnership, you need a lot of support. So, Mm -hmm. you know, um, if, if, if the money thing is an issue, you need to buy a little less horse Mm -hmm. and budget for that year, two years, you know, like of support, depending on, you know, what are your expectations, you know, how old the horse is, you know, what has he been doing? You know, you know, it's better to buy a horse that's a little higher level trained, uh, you know, if you want to do third level, it better be trained to present George, you know, that kind of thing. So, and, and mm-hmm. really it takes, it takes a year to get to know each other, but if, if you didn't budget for, for lots of lessons and lots of training and have somebody, you know, uh, near your home or at your home, willing to support you, then you kind of got a problem.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, so what's your sure. thoughts here on this first part of the conversation Lauren?
5: I couldn't agree more. Um, one of the <laughs> things that we do when we sell a horse is I send them with, a, a I call it a care sheet. And it basically says, this is what it's eating. This is when it's been going outside. This is its routine. It's been in this much work for this many minutes. This is what we do with it. This is, you know, when its feet were done, all that, you know, dentals, all of that. But it just gives you kind of like a, a, a rule book for this is how this horse's life has been. And this is how the horse was maintained when you rode it and you liked it,
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes,
2: that's right.
5: You know, if if the horse is out overnight and then you take it to the, the, you know, the northern top of Michigan and you turn it out for forty five minutes a day, it's going to be a different horse. Yes, than the one you bought. It's just if you change the the management. management's so important. You both know that, right? But sometimes I think people get a little bit like, oh, well, it's just going to be the same, and then. It's not. And also, I agree with what you said about the support network, because I tell all these ladies that, that, that dressage training, well, any kind of training at all, it's, a, it's like software, right? What happens if you don't update your iPhone? Yeah, right. it's not going to work. It's not working. Yeah, it's <laughs> not going to It's, not gonna not work. working. it's no. the same with the training. If you don't get someone to refresh it and update it or have someone help you refresh and update it, things stop working. Oh, he doesn't do flying changes anymore. Well, he's got a pre-St. George record, so clearly he knows
2: how. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He knows how, but you have to come back. Like, I love that. I love the software update and you know, we're three professional riders. So, you know, we will, can, can install that and and come back Mm -hmm. or or reinstall it. But there's only, there's only so much restall you can reinstalling you can do sometimes. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. you really have to step back and you really have to think like, you know, am I fit enough for this horse? Am I, you know, like, it, do I need to work on that? Is it eating the right thing? Mm-hmm. Does it have ulcers? Mm-hmm. You know, cause it's mm-hmm. moved and it's stressful. Right. Like that can happen. Or you too. just imported like, it. It's been on an airplane and in quarantine.
5: Yeah. It's full of ulcers and,
1: and oh, yeah. Full of ulcers. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Horses, horses change if you change, like you said, if, if you change their management or, you know, whatever, yeah. you know, you need to be, you know, if you are importing a horse, you need uh, a really experienced person and probably a veterinarian and, and everything, because that whole horse's world is changed. Everything's right? over, basically. Flipped yeah. over. Yeah. It's like
2: going to Europe and, and not speaking the language, not knowing anyone, not knowing what kind of food you're going to eat, not really knowing if you're going to like your family. You know, <laughs> like, you know, you show up, and you're like, this is kind of a nice place, but are these people nice? Like, they have right. a lot of, of feelings that you have to adjust and be ready for when you import a horse. And the other thing, and, and I'm happy to say this. At the end of the day, I am a 40 year old woman. You know what I mean? I'm middle aged. I am not as as fit as I used to be. I'm pretty fit, but you know what I mean. I'm not as fit as I was mm-hmm. when I was 20. I'm not as brave. So even you're like, not as suicidal as it, is the word no, you're looking for.
5: You're, pretty, <laughs> you're
2: you're amazing. No, I've never been su. You know, I've been always cautious. I'm still suicidal, so it's okay you for are, now. You're but it's not going to last forever. Right. And <laughs> if you're somebody that can ride it, I'm going to be like, eh, I don't want to ride it. So, you know, I mean, that is part of it, right? And and right. I need to find an appropriate horse. And I right. personally just bought a three-year-old. I am not going to ride it for a year, probably. I mean, I'll sit on <laughs> in my indoor after a lunch. Like, I'm right. to feel him. But he's not going to, he's not on my string. He's going to my right. assistant, who is young right. and slightly suicidal. And like Lauren, right. she's an event rider. She can take him out. She can, because that's not something I enjoy or I'm good at or, frankly, I want to do. So right. I think that's so important to look into yourself and say, wh- and so I'm prepared, you know, to, to, give this young woman experiences. I'm obviously going to put sweat equity into teaching her. I'm going to take mm-hmm. that young horse's places. I'm going to enter in horse shows. You know, I'm, per- when I did the budget for that horse, I was very upfront with my sponsor. This is a horse we could afford, not a horse. I necessarily yeah. want <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Right. right. But that's, that's a
5: good point too, right there. And I, I tell this to my ladies too, you, you, you have your budget and maybe your budget doesn't allow to buy a very, very advanced trained horse. You can buy something less. So what I tell them is you're going to pay now. Or you're going to pay over time, pay now, pay later, right? Mm-hmm. For you, you bought a young horse, you got a better quality young horse and you're going to pay sweat equity. And over time, you're going to get the horse that you want. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Hopefully
5: hopefully. Hopefully.
2: Now, let's, Otherwise talk, let's you change can let's it it. to me and I tell yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, we, let's talk about that. When is it time to sort of hang up the towel, guys? Let's talk about that. I think that's really important. So so Lauren, what do, when when do you say to somebody, okay, you know, you you've tried all the angles. You you've and this is just not working. What are some signs for that? Oh boy.
5: Well, you know, I just this is for for an amateur rider who has a job or a family or another life outside. This is not their career. This is supposed to be fun, Mm -hmm. right? If you are afraid every time you put your foot in the stirrup, you're not having fun. Wrong horse, okay? If you're afraid every time we go to the horse show and you're just, if you are in that fear state, you've got to get that horse that can help get you through that, right? And some horses, you you know, a lot of horses feel that Mm -hmm. fear state and they're like, yeehaw here we go right
1: or they're like why are we afraid what's what you know what what,
5: what's right chasing us yeah right but then it doesn't go well either either in either way right so i think just for my ladies i'm like you are not having any fun also i am not having any fun trying to get you through this yeah because this is not this is not working like this is not working and, and one thing I tell all these ladies, cause we do a lot of sales and I get people who are like, I've had this horse for 10 years. It's a really hard thing for them to sell the horse. It's really difficult, which is part of I the reason why things. they send it to me. Yeah, yeah. They send it to me cause then they're disconnected. Right. So that helps a little bit. But one of the things I tell these ladies is I'm like, not every relationship needs to end in a marriage. Yeah. It doesn't, it shouldn't, right. You don't marry every man you date. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe you do, but I yeah. I think mostly that's a really bad no idea. <laughs> no judgment. No judgment. Yeah. You, you yeah. do you? <laughs> No judgment. But but I tell these ladies like, and even a horse, you know, people change. Like even a horse that used to work for you for 5 years and now maybe you've had a fall or a a, a change in your life circumstance or something, maybe it's not working anymore. And that's okay. I just try to tell them that it's okay. But it's not working because these people are like, "Oh, I'm quitting. I'm giving up." Like, no, you're being smart. This costs a lot of money, and you should be having fun, right? And what you're doing and, is not fun for anyone. Well, and,
1: and also, if the if the rider isn't happy, the horse probably isn't happy either. Yeah,
5: exactly. And, you know, and, and exactly. we all love
1: horses and 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 all of that mm-hmm. stuff, and we want them to be in a happy circumstance. Mm-hmm. You know, some horses are just better suited to, you know, a, a young junior rider, or you know that. Uh, or another career completely, like jumping and, yeah. and all of that stuff. Eventing. And, and, mm-hmm. and, yeah, eventing. eventing. And, and perhaps that will make you happier and probably, almost for sure, that'll make the horse happier doing a job in which he gets rewarded for instead of, you know, the the other thing, right? You know, the the, yeah. the disappointment and the fear yeah. and the, you know, all of that stuff. And the horses, they're emotional. They're extra emotional. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You know, they, they, they want to enjoy their job. They want to understand their job. They want to do it well, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part. And, and uh, you know, another <laughs> yeah, that might yeah. be better for them, too, right?
2: Right. And I think, yeah, too, just sure. my, my biggest thing, too, is just once horses really start hurting somebody's confidence, that is a huge red flag for me because it's confidence, it's time. And confidence is so difficult to get back. And, it's, and so once fragile. You, it's so fragile. And once you lose mm-hmm. it, it is so hard to get it back. And I think that mm-hmm. as trainers, I have seen it happen. And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, you finally just get to that point and, or you have somebody just absolutely have a meltdown and then you say, okay, I'm, I'm, it's okay. We can move forward. This is not the end of the world. And like you said, yeah. it's literally like, think of it as a relationship. And I think mm-hmm. that that's a really important thing to do. So, um, you know, I, I think this is a great conversation, guys. We could keep this up all night, but I think this is a <laughs> great place to start. If people have more questions, feel free to email us. We'll snag Lauren back to talk about more. This could this could be a great conversation. We don't obviously have to use any names, um, but we're happy to <laughs> sort of talk about it or success stories, et cetera. But, Lauren, if somebody... Um, Lauren sells horses. That's her job uh, or one of her many jobs. So how do people find you online if they need to find you?
5: You can find me on Facebook. I have a personal page or I have a website, laurenchumleydressage.com. And there's a little like a contact form on there.
2: Fantastic. Well, thank you, Lauren. And it's a great conversation and we can't wait to have you back on. Thanks so much for having me. Well, Phil, because we were doing so much tack cleaning this week, I really got a chance to check out are stability stirrup leathers, and they're just wonderful. That's all I gotta say. They're awesome. <laughs> and when I, when I look at someone's just saddle, and they, them
3: when when you look. I at do,
2: the- I do. And when I I happen to pull off somebody's saddle at the horse show, and they didn't have those stirrup leathers, I was like, um. So let me tell you about these stability stirrup leathers. And I basically did the discussion we have on the show every week to tell people how great they are and why we need to get them, because when I look at Thin stirrup leathers I'm like oh no no we need to get better we ne- there are better things out there so tell everybody why these are better stirrup leathers
1: Well because they have their the actual leather is thicker so under under your leg your leg can stabilize the, the stirrup leather just with the pressure from from your leg against it and it stabilizes the stirrup iron underneath it. And then your leg gets quieter, so that's yeah. that's the uh, reasons behind this design. And Justin, that total saddle Fit uses the best leather, and you know the stitching is really good. like everything's of of the greatest quality here. So even if it wasn't this new design, I think they're really great stirrup leathers from total saddle Fit. Even if you don't need, you know, or want, or, or or agree with, you know, they have other leathers from total saddle Fit, So you should just mm-hmm. and and all the other products. The girths are fantastic. You know, the, the shimming saddle pad is amazing. I, I use them all every day. So um, go ahead to com and check out all their amazing products.
0: This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at com.
2: Well, Phil, you have a listener question for our Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, and I don't know what it is, so I'm not like everyone else. What What is it?
1: Well, I'm just saying, I was uh, thinking here, and and the, the question came in is, how do I make dressage more interesting for my horse? Because, you know, we've all ridden those horses who, you know, don't like to uh, do the same thing over and over and over again, and the riders as well. You know, it can get a little bit repetitive, and perhaps you're For instance, you're, you're doing shoulder in, well, you know, the tests are written in such a way that, that, you know, they don't allow for a lot of creative thinking. So as a, as a rider and as a coach, and, you know, we can, we can think of things to get a little bit creative with our questions. So the horse isn't just practicing and getting bored and, and riders aren't getting bored with, with doing the same thing in the same places. And so I was thinking about this and, and, uh, the shoulder in is a great example because, Sometimes people don't realize that they can put the shoulder in, in all kinds of different places other than the long side of the arena. And, and the same can be said for the Traver. So how I try to, you know, kind of keep it interesting is that um, you can put the shoulder in on the short side. Mm-hmm. It's, cha- it's more challenging and you got to be quick with your aids because you don't have too many strides in the short side, but that's an option, right? Or half the short side, you know, just from the first corner to A or C and then, straighten and ride the corner. And the same can be said for for Travair. You can do the Travair for the beginning or the second half of the short side or on any line that crosses the arena. You can do a shoulder in or a Travair. So, you know, just kind of think about all those things, whether it's shoulder in Travair, leg yield is a place you can put, you know, in a lot of different places in the arena. And then for, you know, kind of the more advanced riders, you can do a shoulder in on a circle, on a curved line. It's it's difficult. Um, the horses are more keen to do uh, a air on a circle line, um, but a shoulder in is possible, and you can have the shoulders on. You know, it's hard to figure out the, the right kind of um, angle to make, but uh, it's, it's super helpful. It can help all kinds of transitions, and, you know, uh, so... Uh, you know, just I'm just encouraging people to be creative and to think like, you know, anywhere in the arena is where you should be able to do anything that you're capable of doing on a straight line or, or um, against the wall or, you know, so use your arena, use use curved lines and, and sort of kind of through the winter months. I, you know, I am thinking of, you know, getting creative ways to do the moves that the horses are, are capable of just to change it up and keep it interesting.
2: I love it. I love it. The other thing, you know, again, with shoulder in, it's not bad to practice it on the center line because it's going to be there in the fourth level and the intermediate one. So that's good. The other thing is go outside where <laughs> I am right now. It's beautiful. It's fall. Like the weather could not be more beautiful. Uh, I think it's changing this weekend, but it has been great. I mean, it's beautiful weather, uh, you know, it. It and go outside. That's the other thing. Ride your shoulder in outside. Ride it on different footing. Be creative, but don't, don't think, oh my gosh, I, I'm not creative. Yeah, you are. Go outside, ride it in a different spot in the arena. What you want to do is I think so many people get locked into the test movements. The test says I have to go from this marker to this marker. Well, what you want to do in training is actually try not to do it at that spot. Do it somewhere else. Use the arena in a different way. And I think that that's really important to remember. And then again, go, you know, depending on where you're, you are, you know, I'm able to ride sort of on my, I have a, a uh, limestone driveway, a chap driveway. So you can ride children on the driveway. You can ride it around the paddocks. You can ride it in a paddock. You can, you know, go up and down some different terrain. It, it, you can ride some, uh, with some Cavalettis you know, it's really important because the horses get just as tired. You know, think about when you went to school every day and you had to sit and you had to do math problems. Like you get tired of it and the horses do the same thing. So I think I love that idea for this tip. And that is get creative, literally do anything but what you see in the test. That's really important. You know, take it out, do something else. And, And remember, it's supposed to be fun. And that's really important. So I love this total saddle fit tip of the week, Phil. Uh, keep it fun. Keep it interesting. Make some adjustments. And, and I think your horses and you will have fun doing that as well. Well, Phil, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs from our listeners. It makes us happy. And we just like to hear what you're doing and how the show is helping you, et cetera. And we have a big announcement. Phil, are you ready? Drum roll, please. We don't have drum roll. Yeah. Okay. I got it. I did it. Okay. We have a new book club book, and we always love to announce this. So the book is, drum roll, that's all I got. Horse plus rider equals one. How to achieve the fluid dialogue that leads to harmonious performance by Eckert Miner. So you can get this book on horseandriderbooks.com please get it. We are so excited to announce it. I, I have a copy of the book and it's a beautiful book. It even says includes 60 exercises for the rider and horse. So I'm going to be marking this up. I'm going to be using it in my arena and I'm excited. So one more time, our book club of this section is rider plus horse equals one by Eckerd Minor. So grab it at horseandriderbooks.com. And as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is Maplecrest Farm KY, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com.
1: I think the best way to find me is probably on Facebook, or my email is Philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products. Total Saddle Fit, and Arena Saddles. Don't forget to check out all the other horse shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com.
2: Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you next week.